What is up, guys? You're listening to the MFCEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host. And I'm loud as fuck because I'm the motherfucking CEO. Tyler's over there shaking his head. I think he's uh, feeling extra straight today because he's not wearing his short, short. Oh, wait, you're wearing ripped jeans. Wait, never mind. I take that back. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Vaughn Vanilla Ice, DJ, DJ God. If you like Biggie so much, why is he not one of our intros and outros, our theme songs? Dude, that's a good question. Yeah. You're the fucking person that's in charge of that. Okay, I'll come up with it. I don't want him to sue us. How's Biggie going to sue us? His estate. His estate. Dude. I know he's dead. I read all about it. You don't know anything about anything. I spent three hours researching. That's how committed I am to researching things you tell me No, you just said, you claim to be Mr. Fucking White Hip Hop Master, and you just said that you don't know what famous rapper is from Long Beach. And did you say who it was? No, because you should fucking know this if you know hip hop. No, not MC Hammer. Take another guess. All right. But it's not, I know it's not Tupac. Okay, so I'm going to say uh, Trick Daddy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're so fucking white, it's not, even, it's not even right. All right. The answer is Snoop Dogg. Snoop, okay. All right? Yeah. The LBC? Yeah. I and like we happen Snoop. to have I like Snoop. We happen to have an awesome guest who is also from the LBC. My good buddy Randall Pitch, what's up, bro? What's going on, guys? Dude, thanks for coming out, man. So excited to have you here. Been trying to get this together for a long time. One of the one of the awesome young entrepreneurs that's out there doing it right now. Really, really excited to do this, man. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, do you know Snoop? No, I don't know Snoop. Oh. <laughs> I met his cousins a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, Family Snoop people, was yeah. in the same high school class with Cameron Diaz. How do you fucking know this? Actually, no, because that is I true. research rap. That's true. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they went to Polytechnic High School. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Don't it's stick up for it. <laughs> is that really true? Yeah, it is true. No yeah. shit. Cam Diaz has like a, a beach house yeah. in uh, Sunset Beach. Right. Is that by you? Yeah. Yeah. Close. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She looked the best in the mask, though, and then she went way down. After nah, that. dude. She was the hottest in something about Mary. Uh, she, she was cute. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, something about Mary, she was fucking hot. Yeah. She, she's nice. What do you think, Tyler? Uh, it was a fast decline right after that movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why are you guys picking on her, man? Why you, I can't say another positive. I'm just, not, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I don't have anything against her personally, but you know, well, you don't know her personally. <laughs> so how the fuck would you have anything against her? <laughs> Jesus. Sometimes I think I should just do this on my own. Well, or get another pastor. Yeah. Former pastor. People don't realize that you were a pastor. They think that's, that's a true. joke. Like no, they, they no, think that's yeah. a joke. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your pastor days. I don't even think we ever talked about this. Well, I know Randall's wanna, the guest, but know? we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> you're you're a, Randall's the pastor? No, Randall's the guest. Oh, the guest. But Jesus no. Christ. But we're gonna ask you about your pastor days. Yeah, I was a pastor for ten years and in a little college town, Manhattan, Kansas, home of Kansas State University. And I tried to be faithful but also keep it real. So I hung out with college students two or three o'clock in the morning. Did you guys pasturbate? <laughs> you wait. You you had me tell that whole story just so you could say that, right? No, no, we didn't. But it was great. I, I loved it. I just uh, I decided to turn my back on God and embrace money, right? Yeah, dude. No, no. The life of podcasting riches. <laughs> That's what somebody said, Randall, early on. They're like, "Why'd you turn your back on God and embrace the life?" Dude, people got mad at him for doing the podcast with me. Yeah. They're like, yeah. what, what, you turn your back on God for the life of podcast and riches? <laughs> Dude, we should make a shirt that says podcast and riches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be great. No, so basically I, was, I wanted to be a, originally I wanted to leave and become a, 
college professor because, as Andy points out, I'm nerdy. You know, so you're nerdy, but you're cool sometimes. Yeah, thanks, I appreciate yeah. it. But uh, but then I became Catholic. It was all kind of together. It's it's a, it's an amazing story that I'll write and get a New York Times bestseller. All right, okay. so, all right, <laughs> but it's so, good actually. It's we had a great. Well, I guess people will not. Will they have heard the? Uh, forget it. I'm I'm confused. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Randall is the owner of Live Fit Apparel. He's one of the best young entrepreneurs out right now. He's killing it on the gram. He's killing it in business. And he started from nothing, which is something that I always admire. You know, a lot of people get advantages. A lot of people come from certain advantages. You are somebody who doesn't. Um, I also think that, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I also feel like, you know, in business, there's people who are more business focused and there's people who are creators I feel like you're a creator first and then a business person. And I think that's really cool too, because I think a lot of people f forget that that's the essence and the foundation of a great business. Mm -hmm. That's, that's very true. Actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think that is that accurate? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was a creative person in the very, very beginning. I always wanted to dip my hands in everything I did. And just, uh, I was like, like a, like a baby, you know, yeah. curious about everything. And if I couldn't figure out how, how it worked or, whatnot I would just go and try to figure out myself and ask questions and do this you know and I think that's the spark of like something uh great as far as like business wise later down the road you know yeah for sure so for sure just, a know, lot of people yeah. are money focused right they're business focused right. and they're folk I don't get that vibe from you like I interview and talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of them are really like they're they're very money focused um and I'm not saying you're not. I just don't. I get that. That that's like the second thing for you. Mm -hmm. The first thing is to create really cool shit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fucking cool because mm -hmm. you don't meet a lot of people like that in business. Mm -hmm. um, how, let's let's get. How did you grow up, man? Like, where, like, tell us a little bit about how you grew up and where where you're from, and kind of give us a background. Uh huh. Um, I was born on the uh, east side of Long Beach. Um, born and raised there my whole life. Uh, you know, single parent. Um, my parents divorced when I was three years old. Raised by my my mom. Uh, on housing, low income, you know, food stamps, that whole that whole deal. So, you know, growing up, I, di I didn't really have much. It was just me and my uh, my brother. Um, I remember just, you know, growing up, my mom would just go to work, and I was, you know, during, like, summer days, just stay home with my brother. You know, as we got a little older, you know, pick up the skateboard, whatever we could find. Um, I, that was one thing, too. I'd give it up for my mom. She'd always buy me whatever I want, you know, no matter how much fucking money we didn't have. Right. You know, I didn't realize that shit then. Right, right, but right. But it was, it was that, you know, that type of uh, mother that supported, you know, her son. That's Just kind of give me whatever the fuck I wanted. Shoes and what whatnot, you know. I realize it now, like, fuck, dude, maybe I shouldn't have asked. But yeah, that was a type of uh, uh, lifestyle um, I went through growing up. Skateboarding on the streets. And, and, and on the east side of Long Beach, it was like a melting pot, you know, at, at that point. So, um you know, I was growing up with a lot of other kids in poverty, a lot of gang activity going on at that time, which is still going on right now. Right. Um, but, you know, a like lot of Like the shit that, people see on TV. Yeah. The, like like a fucking Southern California gang shit. Yeah, it's funny because we, we were, uh, that, what was that movie that just came out straight out of Compton? Yeah. Like that shit is the stuff I've seen, like yeah. for real. You know, yeah, people, yeah. like our buddy from Australia, Reese, he's like, hey, is that shit like, like how it is? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how it fucking is, you know? Yeah. So, I mean- like I grew up seeing that stuff and that was the normal for me, you know, I didn't yeah. know anything else. Yeah. You know, luckily in Long Beach, there are patches of um, different areas where it's nice. So I got to experience a lot of different um, other communities around, you know, in Long Beach yeah. as well. So, you know, growing up, I was just ex exposed to a lot of things, but you know, growing up, I literally didn't have much. My mom was making what, like six, seven bucks an hour cash at that, yeah. you know? So it was, it was 
it was pretty rough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, and that's super interesting because <clears throat> a lot of people who grow up in a, in a, in a poverty situation, they don't have many examples of success. So growing up, did you, I'm, I'm just curious because it's going to lead into another question, but did you have any people that you like saw and you're like, damn dude, I, I like to be like that guy or I look up to that guy or like, where did your, where does your idea that you wanted to be successful come from? Cause a lot of people can't break out of that the lower income bracket because they never see it. They never observe it, you know? Yeah. That mindset didn't come till later. Like when I was growing up, maybe like a teenager or early teens, I didn't, uh, I wasn't like money hungry or business oriented. I was just, like I said earlier, I wanted to be creative. You seem like an artist. Yeah. So yeah. yeah anything I, whatever I did, like I was in a band prior to, yeah. I was like a hardcore band. Um, where'd you play? I uh, played drums. Oh, cool. Yeah. So in high school, you know, I played, uh, in a hardcore band and we made like merchandise and then you know, obviously to get merchandise, you yeah. have to go fucking do it yourself. And I learned how to start making t-shirts that way. And that was like my first experience. How old that. were you when you started with that? I was like 14 years old. That's 14, awesome. 15. Yeah. So, um, everything I did, I just, you know, found out my own way and, you know, just did it myself. So, yeah. So, so you, the, the apparel business goes all the way back to 14 years old. Yeah. Way, way back. So this is something that you just like, okay, Hey, I got this idea. I'm going to go ahead and make a fucking shirt. Right. And I'm going to sell it to my classmates. Exactly. And then people think now. Do you remember the first shirt you made? Dude, yeah, I have it framed up. Uh, no way. Yeah. What it is it? It was like an old uh, ruckus shirt, one of my first clothing lines with like this girl with tattoos all over her face. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, you got to send great. me the picture of that. Yeah, I'd like sick. to see that. Yeah, it's in my office. That's right fucking now. badass. Yeah. So, uh, Randall, Picasso said, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Mm. So who are, who are some of the people you've stolen from and kind of synthesized to become your own brand? Like who are your influences? Probably just graffiti artists. Yeah. You know, one of the dudes I or brands I still uh, look up today and that I rock a lot is uh, Rebel Eight. And before, um, well, it was Josh and uh, Mike Giant. Mike Giant's a graffiti artist and tattoo artist, and he's like put um, the the Chicano style and uh, that type of artwork on the map, at least for like mm -hmm. the the California West Coast style. You know, so awesome. yeah, Mike Giant's probably one of the ones that w I've looked up to prior and then just local tattoo artists at that, you know, just friends and stuff. Because, you, you know, we didn't have like um, people to, to to look up to, like to search up on the Internet and stuff. It w we literally just drew our own mm -hmm. shit that we liked. And then that if it was tight, then we would use it, you know, on a shirt and whatnot. You know? Yeah. So, dude, you ever looked at OG Abel stuff? No. I oh, dude, you didn't check his stuff okay. out. It's cool. Okay. That's awesome. So what so in terms of you said you were in that particular environment. So you're pulling off of the graffiti. Mm -hmm. What about like, is there anything about the landscape of long beach or like that physical environment that you feel like you've incorporated into your designs? No, nah, not really. Yeah. Cause that, that, all that stuff is really, really harsh. Yeah. You know, um, long no. beach is harsh. Yeah, I'd, I'd, oh. I'd say. I mean, depending okay. on what parts. <laughs> you're thinking what, it's like a fucking Mexico. Well, I'm talking, yeah, no, you're right. I'm, I guess I'm, no, I, I get Vaughn's the, I want get, to have a pina colada out of Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I think of, I think of California. I think it's all beautiful, but. Yeah, no, there's some yeah. very, very nice parts in Long yeah. Beach. Yeah, 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 definitely. But in the east side where I grew up, yeah, it's still kind of a little rough, yeah. So, so you started making shirts in high school. How did that progress? Like, what was the next step after that? Well, I've. First, I gained that experience. Um, I took one graphic design course in high school too to learn how to like burn the screen, make the uh, put the emotion on the, the right. frame itself, and then from the start process to finish pro uh, process. 
um, started uh, making shirts for my band, and then I started a clothing line. This wasn't solely to make money. It was just, to fuck yeah, me and my homies just want to make right. some fucking clothes. Right. So I made a skateboard brand and just uh, called Ruckus, yeah. R-U-K-K-U-S, and uh, just started slinging shirts at school and, yeah. you know, did it that way. And then that just gave me more um, experience in reordering shirts you know, trial and error. Yeah. yeah. Were, were you even in the cut and sew at this point? No, no. This is just like buying blanks and still yeah, screening, okay. you know? So that, like, that's still our bread and butter today. And that's what I still do today, too, as a graphic designer, is still graphic design, separate uh, colors, and then burn the screens and do silk screening so, a lot. Yeah. So you were, so you're learning the pro. Okay. So you have this idea. You, you know that you're creative and you're coming up with cool shit. Mm -hmm. And what I thought is cool is about what you just said about Ruckus is that. A lot of people start brands because they want to make money. You're starting a brand because it represents a culture. Mm -hmm. And what's cool about that is that that is what sustains a brand on the on a big scale nowadays. Mm -hmm. So you've already had experience in that, and I think you're doing that really well with LiveFit as well. Yep. But you're so you're selling shit. Then all of a sudden you learn, okay, well I've got to I've got to run a business too. I'm not really a business guy, so you have to learn to be a business guy. How was that? Was that, I mean, did it come pretty natural or was it something that you struggled with? Yeah, I, I mean, I, str I had struggles here and there, but it came pretty natural because I, I, I mean, I think I pick up things pretty quick. Yeah. But along the whole way, it's kind of, I knew I was learning all these things subconsciously, like right. business wise and whatnot, you know, right. whether it be taxes or just fucking wholesale to retail right. to all this kind of different business lingos and stuff. I was just literally learning it on, on the way, Dude. just trying to get the finished product to make myself happy and my homies happy, yeah. you know? Dude, what's funny <laughs> about that too, though, is that like that's literally how everybody does. That's how I did it. That's how every single person I've ever talked to does it. But I also feel like that's the main excuse as to why people don't get into the do the things they want to do. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know about taxes. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I don't know about how to reorder. I don't know. I don't have the contacts. Well, get on the fucking Google machine and start learning some shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. this... You didn't wake up one day as a successful entrepreneur. You fucking learned, and mm -hmm. you learned by doing. I did the same thing. It, 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 our, the biggest hangup that I have, that, that people have, especially listeners of this podcast, and I know because I get fucking DMs about it, is like, oh, well, I got this idea, and I want to do it. Fucking do it. Right. Do it. If you don't, if you sit around and think about it and about all the shit you don't know, how, how if you sat around Randall and thought about, well, man, I don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to screen a shirt. I don't know how to make a design. I don't know how to use a fucking computer. Where would you be now? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You sure as fuck wouldn't be you. Yeah. Right. So what was, what were some of like the first lessons early on that you, you learned? Like what, maybe one, maybe something that hit you hard, you know? I wouldn't even remember it. There's a million things that I can, you know, if we could just you know, go on and go on. But, you know, like just going back to what he was saying is literally just trial and error. And that's one of the biggest things too. Like I get a lot of kids asking me or a DMs and stuff like, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? I'm like, dude, I don't know. Cause people are going to take things differently as well. You know, you can't experience the same shit I experienced cause I'm in a different part of area or whatever. So, and you also learn a different way. Yeah. Learn a different right. way. So right. I'll just tell them, just go fucking do it. You know, I mean, if, if you're set on something, just go do it. If you're going to fail, just fucking fail because you're going to learn that. And that's no one can teach you that better than, than, you. Uh, than in a fucking yeah, college cu right. curriculum or anything. Dude. You know, like I've learned so much doing shit on my myself and then so little with the the high education system we have here, you know. Right. And it's, it's hard because that's, that's the harsh reality that people need to fucking know that you have to do it and you have to fail to really know it. Like be comfortable about the, the business and the industry that you're getting into, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, That's something Andy says all the time, yeah. and I think people sometimes, well, very often misunderstand it, is that there is no plan B. Stick to your plan A. Make it work 
however you need to Brandon, make it work. Do you have a fucking plan B if LiveFit doesn't work out? No, I don't. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. But what and he that's also That's why you're so fucking good at what you do. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's why your shit's good. That's what Dude, when you don't have a plan B, you care a whole lot about what you're doing. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? When yeah. you have a rich parents or you have uh, money to fall back on or you have another company or you have another way to go, dude, it's real easy to not care about things as much as what you would when you have no other options. Right. And exactly. that care, that care that you have, the attention to detail that creates is what your competitive advantage comes from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? But people hear that and then they say, then they don't hear the other part of that, which is Andy always says, but not having a plan B doesn't mean that you don't adjust your plan A. Yeah. You can't can yeah. adjust. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Like yeah. my plan A, I mean, yeah, plan B, whatever the fuck, but my plan A, I have. Of, that shit is fucking uh, extravagant. You yes, know, I can yeah. go all kinds of directions. My plan A, my plan yeah. A is la- laid out. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, and dude, when <clears throat> shit doesn't work the way you want, you start to go a little bit of a different direction. You say, yep. okay, I I learned this. I go over here. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the bottom line of what we're discussing here, the point is that people put too much time into preparation and not enough time into just doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going to come around. I'm not coming. Randall's not coming. Donald Trump ain't coming. All these successful entrepreneurs are not coming to tell you, hey, it's time for you to go do it. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, What's hey, that famous Mike Tyson statement? Everybody has a plan until... They get punched in the yep. fucking face. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's it's relevant, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody has a plan to get punched. Yep. You know, you got you to gotta recoil. You got to adjust. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, so after you started selling shirts and after you started learning about business, you opened a shop, right? Um, no, that was later. I okay. became a personal trainer because the okay. clothing line, it wasn't gaining any traction. Okay. It failed. I kind of just put it off to the side and it eventually shut it down. Okay. And then this is when I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go, go to school, uh, make my parents happy and, and, uh, you know, see what I can get out of this. And, um, so, you, so you sort of, you sort of like, you sort of gave up on that idea. Yeah. You're yeah. like, okay, I'm going to go and do. I'm going to go ahead and do what, what the world wants me to do. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I became a personal trainer, got certified and uh, started working for a corporate ballet total fitness at the time and was going to college at the same time. Right. Um, and then lucky enough, I knew, uh, the t-shirt business. So once my personal training business started getting traction, I already knew the process of how to make a shirt and how mm. to design shirts. Right. So I was like, Hey, fuck it. Why not? I think this is going to look dope. If uh, my whole crew, all my clients, when we're doing boot camps or whether we're training while we're filming videos, if they wear a shirt on their back that says team RP, I think that'll right. be a fucking cool camaraderie thing. So I ended up doing that. And this was at the time where Facebook started getting big. So I started uh, making shirts for my clients. Then we started filming it, having a good fucking time. And then people just around like, the community uh, were like, man, how, I want to be a part of that shit, you know, because it looked fucking cool at the time. I was like, hey, I want to have fun too while I'm working out, right. you know? And for me, when people say, oh, what's your best marketing strategy? I think personally, whatever worked for me, and this is what it is, is just the guerrilla warfare type of marketing, which is word of mouth with a client that is my client. Clients are going to speak very, very highly of you, you know? So yeah. when they're out there promoting the videos that we shot, they're going to be like, yeah, this is the, you know, the, the most fun I've had. You know, this it doesn't even feel like a workout. You know, we're, we're losing weight. We're getting, I'm getting the results I want by having fun, you know? And it was like a brand and culture just building. And I wasn't even focusing on large scale getting out of the state. I was focusing on my training business, people that I can literally physically reach. So I was doing that and it just snowballed into like this, big old like nuclear bomb just ready to explode you know yeah and then i uh, was gaining a lot of traction from um the, the the designs and stuff so i was like hey fuck it why not why not open up a e-commerce platform and start selling shirts for people that want the shirts that can't get it physically you know because 
at that time too, I was getting hit up on Facebook. I would meet people in parking lots selling t-shirts out of my trunk. Right. I had a little Evo 10 back then, just driving yeah. around, meeting people up and slinging t-shirts all day, dude. Now you can ask, you know, guys from Long Beach, they'll, they'll yeah. go like, you know. Randall the t-shirt guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the t-shirt dude <laughs> and the great. trainer, you know, it, it was cool. Yeah. But um, the other shop that I ended up buying into, the 5 or $10 t-shirt yeah. store, that was uh, just a, an opportunity one of my business partners, my old business partner, uh, Bruce Soth, got me into. And I was like, fuck it. You know, I know the t-shirt game enough. And then I bought into that and then, um, you know, ran, ran that store. And that was like, I learned a lot at that shop too as well. That was the, the, the store on the east side of Long Beach off of Molino and Anaheim, a pretty, pretty rough neighborhood. So, dude, yeah. <laughs> dude, we got to tell the story he told me at dinner. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So we're sitting at dinner last night, and we're having a couple of drinks, and we're, you know, uh, we're sitting there talking about different stuff, and Randall, <laughs> Randall starts telling me this fucking story. So apparently, and I don't know this, and I didn't know this because I'm a fucking fat white kid from Missouri that grew up on a fucking gravel road, but I guess in, <laughs> like, in, like, gang culture, when people die, they make a T-shirt, an yeah. R.I.P. shirt. Huh. All yeah. right, so he tells me about this. So tell the story so yeah. he's telling me he's explaining to me and i'm like no they, they really fucking do that and he's like yeah yeah it's, it, it's crazy because like over there we know business is gonna pop off it's just unfortunate it works that way you know business is gonna pop off if someone passes away during a gang shooting or whatever during a murder they're gonna come in and make um in rest in loving memory of you know whoever it is you know so it it was if this gang would re retaliate and this person gets killed, we're, you know, me and my partner are like, all right, hey, we're about to be busy, you know, and it, it goes to the point where, man, I seen some crazy shit. This one story I was telling him last night was um, this guy comes in and he hands uh, us a note and he's like, hey, I'm about to go on vacation. You know, I got the green light on me and we're like, what the fuck? I didn't know that term yet. So I asked Bruce, hey, what was he talking about? Green light. He's like, oh, he knows he's going to die. So he gave this note to give to his mom. The next thing you know, the next day he gets shot about seven times, dies right then and there. And his mom comes in later, cries. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I have this note to give to give her, you know? Yeah. So he gives her a note and she just fucking balls up crying. And then it's fucking wild, man. And then check this out. Later, we see the candlelight um, little ceremony thing ac across the street, you know, and the police are there. And these guys that are murderers or the, the, the victims or whatever, they knew who killed him, but they won't tell the police because the police will take him and just bring him to jail. They want him dead, so they're, they won't rat him out. They'll rather have their gang people go over there and cap this guy off and kill him off, and I'm like, dude, that's just, that's just how it is out here. And I'm, we're, me and Bruce are over here like, fuck, we're about to make a lot more other shirts. We're gonna have a busy fucking season. Yeah, it's just a fucked up situation. Yeah. And that's just that culture there. So if that you know? gives you any idea where he came from. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that story blew me the fuck away last night. I yeah. was, like I was sitting there like this, like just like your fucking faces right now. I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Tons of respect too yeah. for growing up in that. And that, that's gotta, I, I can't even conceive. Like I'm literally speechless. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. 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 I mean, dude, there's a lot of things that predict good business, but People yeah. getting fucking blasted isn't one of them. Yeah, <laughs> for us. Like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. There was another wow. story too when um, this guy came in to because and this ha taught me a lot how to deal with different uh, customers uh, face to face too as well. You know, because we dealt with regular customers and then we dealt with these game bangers and dealt with just different types of characters. You know, this guy comes in, um, this Mexican game banger. 
and he tries to buy a shirt with a fake $5 bill. And I was like, hey, this is fake, homie. And he's like, well, you trying to, you don't want to take my $5 bill because I'm Mexican, because I'm a donkey? I'm like, nah, dude, this has nothing to do with this. He said, I'm going to come back and fucking kill all you guys. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I was legitimately scared because I knew this guy was a real gangbanger. Yeah. So my business partner, he's like, all right, hey, you know, we got the shotgun right here. <laughs> he puts the fucking safety on, cocks it back. He's like, all right, if this guy comes back, point and fucking shoot. You don't need to aim. This thing will spread this through that fucking <laughs> He goes, so, yeah. so last night, so this I was not like being in the middle. No, so I was no, fucking busting. So I was busting his balls last night. Like I was just, you know, like how I am. And I'm like, yeah, you're fucking scared too. And he goes, fuck yeah, I was. Yeah, I was legitimately, yeah, I was like, fuck, man. Because I, man, I, I've, I've been like robbed and shit out there. But this time, for some reason, I knew this guy was. He wasn't fucking he, around. He wasn't oh. fucking around. I was like, yeah. ah, but you know, he, he, he didn't come back. I was like, all right, fuck so it. So wait, you didn't, you didn't give him the shirt. No, 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 no! I didn't give him the shirt. He no. was he, he, he left pissed, yeah. and I was like, I don't, I don't care, dude. That's a real businessman right there. I was like, hey, yeah. this is my business. This is what yeah. I have to do to protect the business. You know, I yeah, can't right. just let these these thugs and shit. You know, come otherwise you have it over. fifty more in the next right. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> wow. taught me a lot yeah. of shit. Ugh. So, dude, so you guys are running a pretty big operation now. I mean, you're you're in a thirty three thousand square foot building. You right. fucking have beautiful offices. Uh, you got a great business. You got a great crew. I don't know how many employees you have, but it looks like a lot. How many you have? We have about 29 now. Yeah, 29, 29 yeah. employees. Okay, so how did you go from Randall, the fucking dude who's handing gangbangers fucking fake $5 bills <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and pissing your pants when dudes come in to Randall fucking live fit Randall? Like, dude, you're, you're a, you've become a cultural icon on Instagram, especially in terms of what young entrepreneurship is about and like um bridge that gap man like how did you do that yeah so i mean yeah i, I did come from a rough area and um you know a poverty stricken area but like i just knew growing up when i became a personal trainer i had to carry myself a certain way you know i was never always like hard-headed and things like that i've always had manners because a lot of my clients were professionals you know there were doctors lawyers mm -hmm. surgeons things like that so i always knew how to communicate right. you know so um during the time when i was training it was really taken off i told my business partner uh bruce at the time I was like hey I, you know i think this live fit brand is, is really taking off i i was going to school had um a personal training business had lifted apparel at the time there was a lot going on and I knew this was was picking up so I eventually he, he uh, bought me out and then I pursued uh, lifted apparel 100% but just learning from um, my clients learning just how to carry myself and just you know getting my hands into um, creativity and researching everything myself when growing a business and scaling and scaling it with hiring the next employee to the next to the next, it was literally then again trial and error, you know. So I mean, I guess yeah, I guess trial and error. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You, so I mean, I mean, dude, there's a million things that happen between right. That's there what I'm saying, and there. Yeah. yeah. So like, when you let's go to your employee, let's let's take it on employees, like hiring mm -hmm. your first employee. Mm -hmm. Okay, what was that like for you? <clears throat> um. It was, um, it was like that that sticky period where it was like okay, a couple friends will help you out here yeah. and there, and then my first first employee, I would say, um, I think it was, Chu Lin, yeah, she's still like a very supportive person now, um, but hiring her on, it was like, I didn't have a lot of money at the right. time, so, but we were just both fucking, you know up for the the mission and the goal to just make fucking dope clothes and yeah. knew this thing was going to take off. So, um, hiring her on, I think 
we're, I don't even know if I was paying her on payroll yet. Right, right, <laughs> you right. know, it was yeah. so far back. Yeah. But it just led to the next, to the next, to the next. You know, um, yeah, I was literally just finding. Uh, luckily enough, I had a couple friends that um, graduated with business degrees. I mean. They probably didn't use anything they learned there anyways, but <laughs> they just knew how to get things done, right, you know, right. task doers, you right. know, things are just people that know how to create jobs out of nothing, you right, know. Right. Um, I hired on two of my friends, which are lucky enough still with me today, but then I hired on a couple other friends that aren't with the company yeah. now. I've been you down know? that road. Yeah, yep. yep. But yeah, I mean, it was just literally um, a, a learning curve, a huge learning curve that I think I think I mastered today, but I probably oh, didn't. dude. I mean, you're you're yeah, you're past that like you're past that awkward stage of like yeah. trying to figure it out. Right, for sure. right. So, um, go ahead. What 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 I was picking up on when you were talking the last couple of minutes is just you're talking about learning things from your from your um, clients and picking mm -hmm. up certain things from mm -hmm. that. And and as you've been talking, I've just been thinking like your whole approach is you're a sponge. Like you're just you're just actively taking in things you're learning yes. things you're adding your and talk a little bit about that because this is something we talk about on the podcast all the time is you gotta always be committed to self-development and learning right. but let for me you, say something yeah. about this because i i just from what i observe about randall you're a very confident dude like mm -hmm. and and like dude i think anybody that follows you can see that i mean you put off massive confidence almost to the cockiness you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like you know you're a bad motherfucker and i like that <laughs> i respect that because i know i am too huh. but what is also great about Randall is that he's very humble and he knows about what he knows about, but he also knows what he doesn't know. And you're willing to, you know, and we talk about that, about how humility kills so many dreams because people think that you have to be overly humble and you can't believe in yourself. And dude, you have to fucking believe in yourself, mm -hmm. especially if you want to build a culture and a following like you have. Mm -hmm. And like I have, you have to fucking be the guy. Yeah. You have to be confident. You have to show people it's okay to have a style and a brand and a vibe about you, which you do very well. Right. Um, but you also have to balance that out with humility so that you can fucking learn new shit. And, yep. and I think you're a very good embodiment of what I talk about a lot on the podcast about being confident to the level of cocky and then also being humble on the backside so you can pick up new mm -hmm. shit. You right. feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And just back to what you were saying, like the clients that I had, I had um, engineers that worked for Raytheon. I had surgeons. I had doctors and lawyers. So when I was speaking to them, I was aware that I'm a lot younger. Right. Maybe education-wise, they um, that I or whatever in my personal training field, they look up to me because I know that field. But I knew that they were older and that they were more wiser not necessarily more smarter, but wiser, right, that right. they can teach me a lot of shit. Dude. So when they talk to me, you know, when you're personal training somebody, you, you get intimate, you know, so, you know, yeah. your relationship is pretty close. Yeah. So they tell me a lot of experiences that they've been through in life, hmm. you know, that I know it's real. So I always take that That's in. Awesome. I'm always aware of that because I, I was 19, 20, 21 at the time. You know, I'm no, I know I haven't, I haven't experienced as much as these guys did, you know? So I was very, very aware of that. And I try to teach everyone now, today, especially these young ones, soak that in. Whoever you're around, if they're older, they might not be smarter, but they have been through a lot more shit than you. you and you, you can, can learn, learn from, from that. everybody. Exactly. Yeah, dude, yeah. dude, I say this, I said this to my team the other night. Dude, I know every, every single guy in my company, there's something that they are better at than mm -hmm. I am. And, and, you know, I know what I know. But I also know that there's a lot of shit out there and I give people a lot of credit because I know if you're a homeless dude walking down the street, 
there's something that dude knows yeah. that I don't know, and and even if it's what not to do, exactly. You know what I mean? I love that distinction you made between being being smarter and being wiser. Yeah. Like you might have more more like actual IQ intelligence yeah. than somebody, or but it doesn't mean that their experience. life their life experience knowledge is way higher exactly. than yours. Yeah, I love yeah. It. dude. I don't think that's mm-hmm. something that's ever been said on this podcast. Yeah, ever. That's a great out, point. out of three years. That's yeah. a that's a pretty pretty profound yeah. way to look at things. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Dude, so. did uh so when you started LiveFit, how did you how how did you start marketing the brand? Cuz you're killing on Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. Was it was it mainly Instagram or is yeah. it still mainly Instagram or how did it go? It's it's Instagram and it still mainly is Instagram. Um but when we first started, like I said, it was my personal training business, but um I come from the design background. Right. So everything I did and put out on Instagram was super aesthetic, you know, yeah. but when I started out, I shot my own videos, shot my own photos and everything, did all my own editing content, all that stuff. And it Bro, was your just, page is sick, dude. Like your thanks. personal page. Like oh, thanks. I even tell, I told Tyler, cause like, I, like we were joking around down at my office. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking don't know how to take right, a, a cool picture. <laughs> like, dude, I always look at Randall's page and I'm like, dude, he always takes cool fucking pictures. <laughs> like I need to learn how to, I need to fucking have Randall teach me how to take some cool pictures. <laughs> I was telling him that, uh, just the other day. Cause I always feel like dumb, you know, mm-hmm. but dude, you do it right. I mean, everything you do in your in your whole personally and in your brand is very mm-hmm. cool looking. Like, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think I've that's just something I've, I've noticed along the way too. I'm always knit and picky about everything. Just you know, I don't know if it's a sign of I'm being conceited or fucking cocky. I don't know, but for me, if I've like if things are aesthetic, I feel like I can function a lot better. If I feel good and look good, I think I can perform a lot better. No, you know, that's so, absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. You know, so everything I do is yeah. just very clean and just has, I don't know if it's fucking OCD. So, so let me ask you this. So this is something that people struggle with a lot. And, right. Um, younger entrepreneurs, when they're creating a product or creating a brand, mm. a lot of them will try, they will try to take what everybody else is considering cool and make it, make that product. Mm-hmm. And I know that you don't do that. No, nope, you not at do. All. You make what you think is cool. Right. So yep. explain that process a little bit. Yeah. That's been my philosophy since I've ever started anything, all the design work and stuff, everything I see and create is what I wear that, you know, if I right. don't, if I'm not going to wear that, why, why make it, you right. know, because this has to be true and, and you have to believe in your product and I'm not going to believe in it if I don't fucking wear it. That's right. You know, so if, even if it's, but gonna, you, but you also know, cause do you also know that, that there's a million other people, you, people who go out and try to fucking make something for quote unquote, the people mm-hmm. fuck up their brands. Hell yeah. People who go out and make something that they truly feel is badass. They know, and I, I bet you know this. If I'm if I'm wrong, say so. But you know that there's a million other people that think that have your style that are like, "Fuck yeah, yep. this is cool." Yep, right. And that's that's absolutely and that's the correct. market. Yeah, that's the market. You know, and you that's know? how you find your market. You guys right. just stick to what you believe you in. Because if you were trying to do what everybody else thought was cool, your brand would be fucking watered down. Yeah, it'd be it saturated. Would be shitty. Yeah, exactly. You know, 100%. and I think, dude, I think that's something. You know, I mean, there is <laughs> there is a million fucking t-shirt entrepreneurs right right like i want to start out as a t-shirt guy i i'm not knocking that i'm just saying there's a trillion of them the biggest thing i see that separates the guys who are trying to start a clothing company or t-shirt brand or a brand who are going to build a cool brand and who aren't 99 percent of them are doing shit that they think everybody else think is going to think is cool like and and only one percent is doing what they think is cool like mm-hmm. their style mm-hmm. you know you have to realize guys that there's other people just like you and when you aren't 
when you haven't discovered yourself and you aren't true to yourself and you're doing things for other people and you're creating products for quote unquote the masses, you're creating something that's average at best. You're not creating something that's ever going to get traction. And I, I think that's a huge mistake that young people make because it's counterintuitive to how we, how we think, right? Dude, I'm going to make something and everybody's going to love it and I'm going to make millions of dollars. That's the wrong fucking yeah, idea. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. <laughs> right. You're taking, right. you cannot take something and make it for everybody. It's it's not something that's possible. The guys who succeed, they're guys like you. They're guys who are creators, and they're guys who 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 are are into like they understand themselves, they're self aware, and they create shit that goes along with their style or what they believe in and what they like. And then other people that are like them connect with them. And then you build a culture. Exactly. And now your brand has power. Exactly. You know, it's not just live fit. It's not just a fucking t-shirt. It's not just a jersey. It's not just a pair of shorts. It's something that people wear and they feel something behind the logo. Right. It's a lot like first form. Right? right. Right. So like I would say really like our two brands do that better than anybody else out there. Right. I mean, and. If you think you do it better than me, fucking show me. But I, I, I think I'm telling the truth. Yeah, I no, think we sure. we create labels that people fucking wear because they're proud to wear it, not because just because the clothes are cool, but because it means something to them, you know. And that's what you what you're missing when you try to create a product that is for everybody. Dude, you're never like gonna be able to our build. Our first shirt that we ever made was so fucking shitty. But everybody wore it. Everybody fucking wore it. Yeah. Exactly. It's the affiliation, the emotion yeah. that's tied to that brand. Yeah. You know? Right. That's and dude, yeah. I think I think you're doing like from an outside, from somebody who understands how to do that, I think you're doing fucking awesome at that. Nice. I love it. So let me get is it can I redirect the conversation yeah. just for a second? Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna get a little intellectual on you. Okay. But the the word passion, right, the root word is pasca, which means suffering. Okay. So how much has adversity created more of an artistic ability in you? How much did growing up in, in a rough environment and, and the different things that you struggled with, how much of that has contributed to your success right now? A lot. I'd say almost a, a lot of it, a huge part. You know, it made me obviously humble and it just made me really aware of everything, you know, and that uh, I'm you know, pretty fortunate, you know, and then. I don't know. It's it, it's definitely shaped me because, you know, there's still guys that I, I keep in touch with back home and they, you know, they always keep me on check and stuff. And it's mm -hmm. just like, you, you just never forget where you come from. So you always look back and like, fuck, dude, you know, you, when you look back, you're like, fuck, all right, I'm, I'm fortunate. You know, I gotta, I'm gotta i gonna keep going because there's yeah. people are still rooting for me, you know, from back, back home. Which dude, is, there's which tons crazy, of people rooting you know? for you, dude. Yeah. That, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are first form people. They're first form legionnaires. Uh, they're in business with us, with mm -hmm. me personally. Um, Dude, I see him wearing your shit all the time. There's a lot of crossover. And I know, that, dude, you're people recognize real shit, right? Like, right. like another guy who I like, who's a great friend of mine, who's done a good job of building a culture behind his brand is Rob Bailey and Dan Lynn Bailey mm -hmm. with Flagner Fail. Um, great friend of mine, dude. One of my best friends. Uh, and dude, our, our people are always either wearing your shit or his shit. And that's what they wear. I still, yeah. I was literally, I was actually just talking to Rob the other day. He was yeah. just showing this like Black Friday logistics stuff. Yeah. Just like, oh, you guys are picking his up? brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's a good He's cool dude, as fuck. Man. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are cool. Yeah. 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 Dude, you know, he just fucking picked up his whole headquarters and moved it to Montana. Yeah. I know. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Dude, I'm jealous. I'm like, bro, that's fucking balls. Like, I don't know. He's a good dude, man. Yeah, he's great, good. good dude. Great friend to me. I like yeah, him a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he does a good job at what we're talking about. Yeah. He's killing it too. So I don't think most people think about this when it comes to entrepreneurs, but 
every entrepreneur really is a creator, is a creative type, right? Because you're, yeah. you're creating, you're building something. So I would love well, to know. I, w- I want to say, I want to say this. Every, if uh, all successful entrepreneurs are creatives. They don't start out that way. I was not an artist. I was not a fucking creator. I was a guy who wanted to be rich. Okay. That's why I didn't make any money the first 10 fucking years. Because <laughs> I fucking tried to sell shit and just not, I wasn't creating something that either solved a problem. People are like, how does LiveFit solve a problem? Well, LiveFit makes people feel fucking more confident. It makes people feel cool. It makes people feel, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Clothes do that. You know, uh, when I was trying to create, uh, I was trying to create money. And so I had to learn to be creative. I had to learn that I had to solve a problem. I had to learn that I I had to provide benefit to people. And that took me a long time to figure out. Yeah. And so not everybody starts off as a creator. Am I a creator now? Fuck yeah, I am. But I was the opposite of him. He started out as that way and then became a business guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to say when I opened the podcast. Yeah. A lot of people start at different places. And I think all successful entrepreneurs either start out as a business guy or they start out as a, cause like I was a guy who was selling fucking baseball cards and selling snow cones and selling light bulbs door to door and doing all this shit, detailing cars so that I could make money. And I wasn't a, so I was a business guy first and then I learned to create and where Randall was a creator and then he learned the business and both work, both end up at the same place. It's just interesting the process people go through to get there. The more you develop, you become more of a hybrid between the two. Yeah, well, it, you, yeah. I think you become complete. I bet yeah. if we sat down, we're equally as creative on, on in our little areas. You yeah. know what I mean? I bet we're equal in business, too. Yeah. You know, as far as, far as business acumen, marketing, we, we do a lot of the same things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so we would sit down and we would, we would, we would and I know this because we sat down and talked, but like we would, we would be the whole, right? Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like totally. So now I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm one or the other. I'm both. And I would right. say that about you too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up at the same place, but it's just a different process to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. So what aspects of your creative process do you think could be universally applied to business? Hmm. Being able to adapt to scenarios, any situation. I think that's a lot of what a lot of young entrepreneurs don't get is just the, the social part. I'm, you know, I learned that, you know, how to deal with different people, personalities, personalities right. emotions, characters, you know, mm-hmm. and especially it sounds, when you have employees, especially when you have employees, you know, yeah. it sounds cheesy, but it, it goes a long way when you learn how to communicate with other humans, you know, because you never know how they're going to react, you know, so you have to think as an owner or as a, as a business person that you have X, Y, and Z of how these reactions are going to be and how are you going to react X, Y, Z to See, that. See, dude, we're a lot you know? alike like that too because you grew up in a really rough area. Yeah. So you know how to how to communicate with guys like that. Yeah. And you know how to fumes. communicate with, with guys who are fucking multi, multi, multi-millionaires. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, I grew up in a blue-collar environment. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in a, in a gang area, but mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I grew up around construction workers and blue-collar guys, electricians. And warehouse type guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I know, and really, honestly, like I'm more like that than I am like the other way, but Mm -hmm. I know how to communicate and hang out with those guys, working class people. And I know how to communicate and hang out with the top of the top. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And that's a huge advantage that you have because Mm -hmm. of where you came from. Mm -hmm. Is that something you just picked up along the way? Or did you actually, like, I know a huge, you know, bestseller in the success industry is, is how to win friends and, uh, uh, and uh, no, how, what is it? How to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. But there's, 
you know, there's all these books written about how to improve your social skills. I mean, dude, were I, any of those resources helpful to you? I'll or hardly did you ever read books. You I, can, okay. I can be honest with you guys. People ask me, what's your favorite book? I have books that have little quotes and little excerpts in there, and then I take a little bit from those, but I honestly don't even Do you do any personal development? Like uh, listen to regular podcasts or, or, or how do you... Do you do any of that? Dude, honestly, mine is just visual or YouTube eye candy. Or yeah, or visual, I, yeah. Yeah, I just go up and just look at motivational sh- pictures yeah. and shit. As cheesy yeah. as it sounds. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, fuck, man, that looks dope. This car looks sick. That house looks nice. Yeah, you're a car guy, you know? too, dude. Yeah. So, so you're a visualizer, visual I mean, person yeah. by yeah, far. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, see, I'm not very smart. So, like, I have to, like, I have to put a lot of shit in my brain. Like, I was never a really smart person. Like, I was a fucking, I was. A, you know, I, I guess I was smart. I just wasn't, I was, I, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't, I don't, I don't fucking know what I was, but I read, I've always read. Right. It's helped me a lot, Right. but I've never been the guy who's been able to like, just figure things out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I I've had to like go learn it and like sit mm-hmm. down and read a book and that it's helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one area where obviously we're different. Mm-hmm. Um, what, but even that looking at things, that is... Well, I do that too. Yeah, yeah. that's a process of actively seeking to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? So, dude, yeah, you, the, the so you're are, motivated by material shit. Material shit, yeah, no, too, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where and do you I mean, think that comes from? Like, dude, what do you think about people who are like, dude, I'm not motivated by material shit. Like, I just, you know, I don't really care about money. Then they can go fucking live on the streets because this is how our government works. If they, if it's not a democracy, if we don't have the freedom to fucking get shit and own business to make better for ourselves, then, you yeah. know, this will right. be it. Go then, do whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. might as well live in a communist right. fucking country where everyone's the fucking same, right? right? I fucking hate it when people say that shit. Well, all you're into is fucking cars, this and that. All right, and we'll go fucking work at McDonald's, hey, right? Bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? We'll fucking go drive our cars together, bro, because I'm like you. <laughs> you know, but it's, 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 that's just like treats for ourselves, yeah. for the hard work that we fucking, you know, yeah. right. worked for. And right. for to- Plus, dude, it goes into what you said. Like, mm-hmm. like people don't understand this because they've never experienced it, but what you said about like, looking good and feeling good and feeling clean fresh and like all that shit your car mm-hmm. plays into that yeah like there ain't nothing better than rolling up on somebody or to a meeting or to a business dinner or wherever mm-hmm. knowing that you got the coolest shit there mm-hmm. and it makes an impact it mm-hmm. helps your business yeah you know no, what I mean? for sure by the way you are a car guy tell us about what you got in the garage right now oh right now yeah. i have the an r8 a 2012 r8 i have a 2015 huracan lamborghini yeah. huracan a uh, Range Rover and an A7, 2017 A7, and but I and I just sold my GTR. Yeah, a lot, I know you're of, sad a lot about of my that. a lot of my fans and stuff are disappointed. Dude, do you? I get was sad too. Do you get? Yeah. So, dude, you're like, uh, like, when I have to sell, like, I don't have to sell a car, but when I do sell a car. I literally get upset. Like, I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. We were out there just, like, taking pictures of it, going on the, the, yeah. the truck, and we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I got a I got a GT2 RS coming, the new GT2 RS, yeah, yeah. and I traded in my GT3 RS, which is the first time I've told anybody, <laughs> and I love that car, and everybody loves that car. It was a one-of-one one color and all that, you know, all the good shit, and... uh. Dude, when that car went away, man, I was like fucking sad. Yeah, you start thinking about all the times. Because it's such a good car, dude. It's such a good car. But I, but a GT2 RS, man. You yeah, know, yeah. I'll be happy awesome. when that comes. Yeah. It's funny because I've always been a car guy, too. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, now that you have money, you get this. Like, no, before I was like, I'm souping up Honda Civics, you know, yeah, yeah. prior. Dude, me too. Evo 10s dude, and, when you I know? was in fucking high school, I had a 93 Jeep Wrangler. I used to go to AutoZone and get shit to pimp it out. Yeah, like, I'd go to get the fucking, <laughs> yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Headlight blackouts. For real, dude. No, no, dude, it's all I knew how to do, yeah. so I did it. I thought yeah. it was cool. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think all car guys. Yeah. yeah. Once dude, you're a car guy, so you're a car guy. So what's next on the list, man? Like, what's next? I don't know. I'm probably just going to soup up the, uh, the Huracan and see how that, that goes. Yeah. Yeah. 
right now that's the baby <laughs> you need a classic bro i know i know you need you need some sort of like late 60s early 70s muscle yeah. or a fucking low and long fucking ride it suits you yeah i gotta build my garage first and so i get up yeah to keep but, it <laughs> but see that plays into another issue of branding that you talk about all the time which mm -hmm. is you guys authentically love cars yes oh, yeah. you're not you're not like oh i need to look like a baller Dude, so we i'm were gonna just buy down, a car no, no yeah. we were just yeah. down in my garage and we were fucking looking at the cars I guarantee you, we could have sat down there all day, all day. and just yeah. talked about the cars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's important, right? Because I mean, the, very, the, yeah. the kid who just says, "Oh, I, I want to be successful," so I want to, I want people to think that I'm successful by just grabbing these things and making my, you know, it's just so yeah. authentic, and I think people can, people well, dude, can sense pe that. But Vaughn, the problem with that is this: the problem, society looks down upon people who say they want money. Like they, like if I say, "Hey, I want to be fucking rich and I want to make a lot of fucking money." Most of, like if I said that in public, most people will give me like a dirty look and be like, dude, there's something wrong with you. And so for that reason, what happens is people who truly want that and they want to make money and they want to be successful. What they do is they say shit like this. Well, I, you know, I want to, I want to open a business and I want to be successful, but I don't really care about the money. And the problem with that is this, and they say that to appease all their friends and their family and shit like that. And then the problem with that is this, is that there is quantum physical and metaphysical aspects to the universe like the law of attraction god whatever you want to call it that produce the result of the intent that you put out there and when you say oh well i don't know if i really want money but i, I want to have successful business so i can help people guess what's going to happen you're not going to have any fucking money and you're not going to help any people so if you want money don't have any fucking shame in saying so because i want a fucking lot of it Mm -hmm. And I know Randall does too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. So, what's next for you? Are you are you going to expand? Like, use your creative, you know, your designs. You going to expand into other products or what? Yeah, right now, I mean, we're we're um, we, we make a full line of accessories right now. We're um, actually in the first development of our first shoe. Oh, so that's, that's awesome! Uh, super top secret, I guess. This is the first time I'm making bro, an announcement. Bro, <laughs> that's I want, awesome. I want, I want right. a pair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I we, want, I want a pair. I want you to sign them. I want to put them in my office. Okay, sweet. Gary V awesome. just sent yeah. me a pair. Of his uh, yeah, his new right. sneakers signed. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. So I just put them out. He's like, dude, flip them on eBay. I'm like, no, dude, you're my boy. <laughs> I'm gonna put them in my fucking office. I like to keep cool shit for my friends. You yeah, know? yeah. Right. Yeah, so keep awesome. me down for one of those. Yeah, that's no, awesome, for man. sure. So we're going doing that, and then um, obviously this is like the, the five year mark for Lifted Apparel. So you know the business, dude. We've, we've been through a lot. Congratulations, you know? that is awesome. Thanks. So now we're just scaling for the next uh, few years, and then obviously I have my other like personal brands, my other streetwear brands, Top Threads and Empire Time pieces and, and stuff. You know, that's so awesome. Just, you know what you should do? We should go into business. You should make a uh, Impaler sweater vest. <laughs> 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 Dude. There's a big market in former former pastors for sweater vests. Yeah, oh, you know? oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm you sure. can make a killing off of that. <laughs> Randall, Randall doesn't even know what to think of you right now. <laughs> I know. I can tell. <laughs> Dude, so talk about your other brands. Like, uh, a lot of people are familiar with LiftFit, but they're not mm -hmm. familiar with your other companies. Yeah, so I have this other uh, streetwear brand, uh, Top Threads, and that's strictly just... Um, more of my other side that I grew up on, my the other culture uh, that's not fitness. You know, this comes from like tattoo inspired right. on the culture, the, uh, the the hardcore scene, you know, when I used to play in a hardcore band back yeah. then. And just like that type of lifestyle, the more luxurious, clean side, clean looking uh, aesthetics pieces, but you know, dudes with tattoos can wear, you know, just yeah. something, uh, another another avenue where I can express myself not in a fitness right. sense, right. you know? But, and then like like we were talking about earlier, this all comes from my roots, from yeah. my history. So dude, so. so yeah, this is something that, that I like to talk about too. Um, you, you are clearly the embodiment of your brand. 
So you have built the brand around you. Right. Talk about that for a minute and the importance of that. Yeah, so it, it was funny. At first, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm going to fucking blow lift it up. I don't want to be the face. You know, people think, oh, you know, are, are you happy you are the face? It, there was a point. I mean, I think people wanted you to be the face. Though. Yeah, I didn't want it. Right. I didn't want it to be that way at first. I wanted it to be like, oh, I'm going to be like a Nike. I just wanted to be LVFT, you know. But as the market shifts and, you know, with Instagram and all this stuff with behind the scenes and shit, people want to see who's behind this, the the brand. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to run with this. So then I started putting my face back into it, started modeling the clothes. You know, I mean, these guys, should, all my media guys like always continue to say you should keep doing that so i'm like all right fuck it let's do it you know because sometimes i'm busy i don't have time to do this shit but you know now i'm making time because it works for the for the business but it's crazy now because there's this sticky situation that's that i feel that's uh um around now where i have to be a lot more careful now because you people have someone to blame now if something goes wrong right and i'm sure you get this too like like just simple customer service shit like oh my package got delivered wrong randall where the fuck is my order (laughs) right right you know i'm just like oh shit but that that comes with the with your face being associated so much with the brand right 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 you know because customers don't know how businesses well the reality is is it's our fault regardless anyway i mean you're just seeing it more public Right, you know, people actually go on your page and say, "What the fuck, Randall?" Yeah, where's yeah. my shipping confirmation? <laughs> yeah. like, oh man, dude. So what you're talking about is a really cool concept mm-hmm. uh, and a revolution in business. So for years and years and years, we have, uh, you know, as we grew up, we have bought from companies that were faceless. Mm-hmm. We've bought from Under Armour. We've bought from Nike. We've bought from, uh, you know, every company that is faceless, and that's something that social media has sort of transformed to where now. People don't want to buy from faceless brands anymore. They want to buy from somebody who happens to have a brand. And that's something that people, um, you know, you learn through experience and I did too. So I tried, I kind of felt the same way you did, but it's anytime I get involved with the brand, we sell more shit. Dude, we grow the brand. You know what I mean? And um, we, if you really break it down to how people buy, people Mm -hmm. want to, People don't want to buy. Like, how many times have you heard a radio ad or a TV ad and went out and just like, oh, I bought this? Yeah. We don't buy that way. Yeah, no, no. We buy from our friends. Mm-hmm. Our whole lives, we have bought from, you know, we go to dinner with, with you and I go to dinner and you're wearing a pair of shoes. And I'm like, fuck, those are badass. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I go order them, right? That's how we've always bought for the last hundred years. But now what social media has created is a situation where that dynamic of how we buy on a small scale is now on a mass scale. So if you're building a brand right now, you have to realize that you as you either have to find somebody who is going to be the true face of the brand or and this is better, you have to actually be the embodiment of your brand. And I right. dude, I don't think anybody's doing that better than you right now. Yeah, and this is crazy cuz we were pulling up a lot of analytics prior to this cuz we were just doing um, you know, looking at our P&L sheets and doing all this other stuff. And um we were going through like our marketing strategies and the analytics of that with the our influencers and athletes and ambassadors because we have a full team, you know. Right. They're, they're not as big as your guys's, but I wanted to run the analytics analytics and see how much they're bringing in, you know. And it's funny, it's crazy. Um, people always think like, you know, you know, they're they're bringing a lot, and don't get me wrong, they they bring in a lot. But we did the analytics and the total of um, total revenue percentage-wise from athletes and ambassadors with their code, it only accounts for 8 to 10% of our total revenue. The rest comes from just our marketing right. and a wholesale. Right. It was funny because then I used, this is how much of a, a, an association of my faces with the brand or my, myself. 
I put out a code, I forget when, this was probably like last year, just to see how much right. of an influence I would have on my own brand. I put it out within eight hours, I blew all the athletes' codes they had for a month. Yeah. And I was like, wow. holy shit, this is crazy. It taught you a lesson, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it taught you a lesson that you, it's you. It's me, yes. And, and dude, any of you guys out there trying to create a company, you, this is, people are like, dude, why'd you fucking, why have you worked so hard to get in shape? Why have you lost a hundred pounds in the last 18 months? I'll tell you why. Cause I learned a fucking lesson you're just talking about. <laughs> and like, dude, I was not embodying what our brand was about. Mm -hmm. I was not truly reflecting. And it was, it, it wasn't hurting the company, but it was not allowing us to grow the way that we should. Mm -hmm. And dude, and I'm going to, this is a, this is a compliment for you, dude. Like I, I aspire to be an embodiment of my brand as good as you do. You do a Appreciate fucking great that. job at that, man. Thanks. Like, I don't think Thanks. anybody does it better. Sweet. So, uh, you know, keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And it just keeps the brand true too. You know, yeah. it's like, that's our mission to, to, to help people feel better, you know, promote a healthy lifestyle. You right. know? And it's just, if, if there's no better way knowing that the owner's doing that exactly. as well, you're like, Fuck, this guy's really living that shit. Yeah. yeah. You right. Know? Right. Right. And I do think you said this earlier, unless I'm just imagining this, but did you say you're not really a naturally outgoing person? No. Is that what you said? You're no, more of an introvert? Put that in. Oh, no, oh dude, did that I? Was no, that was, that was, what's that? That was yesterday. No, that was yesterday. Okay. That up, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Jesus, Vaughn. You're getting fucking senile, man. I know, I am. What the fuck are you senile. thinking about over there? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so deep in all this profound thought that I got lost in it. I think you're still thinking about the fucking, the, the gang shit. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah please I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Part of me is back there going, well, what if they listen to this and they just decide to knock me off as a, as like a show of power? I don't, I I mean, I'm not going to have any arguments. No love lost here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, Look, dude. Well, my point being is, are you more outgoing? So does this stuff come naturally to you in terms of posting stuff and interacting with people and all that stuff? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, okay. I'd love just, you know, doing that kind dude, of stuff. Dude, can, can I ask you a real question? Yeah. Like, like, this is, I'm asking for me. Okay. And this would benefit other people. But like, how the fuck do you like take your pictures and look so fucking cool in all of them? Like, for real. Like, I mean, I'm not like, they're, they're cool. Like, <laughs> I, I struggle with that. Like, I don't like taking photos, and you seem to be very comfortable taking photos. I mean, yeah. I've and if you're going to build a brand, you have to become comfortable. Yeah. So how, how does one do that? Just by, I mean, from experience, too. I mean, prior, before, when I used to take my own photos and stuff, I, I didn't have a model. I would have to model myself, fucking set the camera on timer and fucking run in front of the camera and shoot it. And if it find out, you know, through well, the years cool. and years and years, you yeah. know how to stand, you just know how to, yeah, how, yeah. how to look. But now I have a good media team. I got Miguel here. We kind of just, we've been working together well for so long that we just know the angles, you know, yeah. you kind of just speak that own language that yeah, you yeah. guys create. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so basically what you're saying is when you're, when you're young and you're starting a brand and you're trying to figure out how to be the face of it, you're going to have to be comfortable looking fucking stupid for a while. Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah. And I, dude, I can't, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, look at this voice fucking taking picture of himself. Like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah, Whatever. Right, exactly. I'm, oh, yeah, make this shit happen. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. I Man, love that. Cool. These guys called me last time. I was fucking, because he was out sick or something. Miguel was out sick. Yeah. I, I didn't have anybody. It was late. We just like restocked the product. So I had to fucking um, take a, a photo for Instagram. I put the fucking camera on a tripod, put on a beep on the, on the timer and ran in front of the camera, started doing a pose. And then my, <laughs> my other guys, my production managers and shit started coming in. And fucking snapping me like oh fuck you <laughs> it's still a joke but you know you just got dude, some you shit just you just have to it. deal with yeah. Yeah. yeah dude you know i used to be like that uh i used to be like that on video like i would i would when i went to record a video uh i'd be like okay well what am i i ask him or i'd ask whoever was shooting it okay well what am i should i say this should i say that should i what should i do and it wasn't until i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna do what the fuck i think i should do 
that shit started working. Yeah. You know, like when I started, like when I was like, oh, uh, is this how I should speak or is this how I should Mm -hmm. talk or is this how I should do this? I... I was terrible. Like the mm-hmm. videos and the audio, the shit that I would produce was fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was just like, fuck this, dude. I'm just doing do what the fuck I think. Yeah. And at the end of it, I'll be, and I still do this today. I'll go to him. I'll go, hey, was that good? Like, you know, but you just got to do what's you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like acting, you know? You get, yeah. you might feel stupid here and there, but you get so used to it and you get comfortable with it and do it your own your own way. Yeah. That you, super comfortable with and it's just going to come off more natural and people are just like i used to not be able to do video or audio with anybody else in the room like i couldn't like if anybody else in the room i would i couldn't do it i have to be like dude you got to get out of here i'm doing this well you just said the key word comfort so you got to own that shit yeah Yeah. you have to you You have to you you know you got got and you're very confident with the actual clothes that you're wearing because you fucking made them and Mm -hmm. you know you put your heart into them so a lot of people they don't understand fashion like is this what i'm supposed to be wearing in this yeah but i can speak about my clothes like man you know like yeah that whatever you, whatever that is, yeah, is fucking badass. Yeah, fucking, i like that the other, the, that? Other, the other the other the other phrase you used though yeah. that i thought is really important is that you talked about how your team kind of knows the right angles and you, you mm-hmm. kind of you kind of have a feel for that yeah and i think what a lot of people don't realize is there are very few people that are so good looking that that they don't have some angle that makes them look bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just, everybody has to find the angles and the, and right. the, and the shots. Dude, I think everybody, better. honestly, yeah. I think everybody can look good in photos. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, because dude, the reality is, is like your imperfections are what makes you fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. like your uniqueness is what makes you cool. I used to think like, oh, I have a fucking look like this and be like this and this. And then I got stabbed in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck. And then for like five years, I was like, fuck dude, my face is fucked up. Fuck. And then finally I'm like, <laughs> fuck it dude actually it kind of looks cool (laughs) and now i fucking own it it's part of my brand Mm -hmm. and and dude you know just owning the imperfections is what you know you find somebody who knows how to take photos and video they can make you look fucking cool Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i mean even you vaughn oh (laughs) i got a face for radio that's why we're doing radio that's right yeah so your location definitely helps too when it comes to your brand because it's you you know you take you take a brand like top threads and you bring it out to like the countryside and it's just like there's contrast, but there's way too fucking oh, much no. contrast. Oh, yeah, no. His know. brand is authentic to him. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, dude, so in the last couple of years, I've noticed, and before you and I had even met, hmm. you know, we were doing a lot of the same things as developing, like, uh, as our personal brands, mm-hmm. uh, as entrepreneurs, you know, like, we were we were going on the Instagram pages, and people were promoting us and shit like that. We were both on Build, Build Your Empire cover. Yeah. That was cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what's your mission with that man like like because i see you working hard to build your name as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. what's what's the goal for that the goal for like it's similar to yours i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it's to literally just let young aspiring entrepreneurs or just people in general know that there's another route you can take to success you know and that the the, the blueprint that was written still taught today isn't fucking correct anymore things are changing the Technology, technology is changing. Marketing is changing. Everything is changing fast. And the only people in the forefront is people like us because we're living it day to day. And right. the only way people can teach it is us telling it. That's right. Because if not, then fucking who else is going to know? Because if we're not leaving our blueprint and leaving our our um, our mark, our mark, yeah. no one's going to learn That's because right. it's just going to change again. Dude, change we live again. in such an awesome time because you yeah. and I didn't have that. Exactly. We didn't, have, yeah. Yeah. we didn't have entrepreneurs that we could look and watch and see them how we couldn't see. Like, dude, think about this. I looked, I used to look up to guys in, uh, you know, other business guys back in when I was trying to become a business guy when I was 19 years old, 18 years old. I was, all I saw was the fucking product on the shelf. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't see how they marketed. I didn't see who they had representing it. I saw their ads and I saw the product and that's all I could pull from. Now you guys actually have real entrepreneurs who are building brands in the moment that are actually willing to give you their fucking time and yeah. tell you how to do that. Like, yeah. dude, people, they have such a huge advantage now. You know what I mean? Like, dude, the barrier to entry to business and and the price to pay to success is so much smaller than it used to be. You used to have to grind out 10, 15 years. Now you're five years in. You're fucking killing it, dude. <laughs> like, it's the game is just so much faster. And I just, I'm almost pissed that like I had to pay the price that I had to pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wish I was like 10 years younger because I would have been where I wanted to be 10 years faster, you know? And, uh, you guys are such an advantage to have people like Randall and other people out there who are do- literally doing it right now to learn from. I, I, dude, and by the way, our missions are exactly aligned. Yeah, I feel yeah, the same and way. It's, it's like, we're like, I don't get anything out of it. You know, right. I just want to fucking let people know that this shit is, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I didn't have that. I was like, fuck, you know, might as well share it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let people, you know, know what's, what's real. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's going to be cool to see in the next 10 years how people who are just now starting brands, how that develops. You right. know what I mean? Because like at, with the uh, barrier to entry low, lowering, you have more competition. So like when you started and you started doing t-shirts and stuff like that, um, you had some competitors, right? Now you there's fucking 10 million people yeah. doing it. It's the same for supplements. Mm. There's 10 million brands out there. So to to become better, you have to really learn the game. Like you can't, if you're out there just buying some t-shirts and you're gonna create a fucking cool design on it and post on Instagram, you ain't gonna fucking make nope. it. You've gotta, you've gotta design this shit like it's a fucking chess match mm-hmm. and you've gotta execute on it like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have amazing tools. We've got amazing tools to let us know, uh, you know, let people know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got these things, YouTube, but everybody else has them too. And that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things. So mm-hmm. how do you deal with, like, you don't seem like a guy who concerns himself with competition at all. Like, mm-hmm. you just doing your thing. Right. Now I've always believed in that since day one. I'm not worried about whoever this is, you know, my competition, if there is any, you know, I'm just literally focusing on our culture, our business, making sure my guys grow, making sure our business is functioning, make sure we're scaling, make sure we're growing. If all those things are aligned, then I'm fucking happy. I'm do you fucking see, chilling. Do you <laughs> notice how, do you notice like a lot of young guys, how they get so fixated on what everybody else is doing? Dude, they always ask, well, who's your biggest competition? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I don't know. <laughs> there is no competition for what you're doing because what you're doing is unique. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's the thing. If you do you, like people ask me that same shit. They're like, who's your competition? Who's your biggest competition? I'm like, I really couldn't fucking tell you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, but really, I mean, yeah. like. Well, I yeah. mean, you also do say Amazon. I mean, you go after the biggest fucking fish. Well, obviously, yes. Yeah. I mean, we we have to do things that, you know, now to compete against new outlets of how yeah, things that's are sold. technology that's just yeah man. but that's not amazon's not my literal competition like my literal competition would be like other companies who make supplements mm-hmm. but like none of them are doing it well enough for me to consider them competition no yeah. offense guys but that's the truth and yeah. i respect a lot of companies i do but i do feel like what we do is unique and nobody else can do what we do and exactly so we do what we do mm-hmm. you know yeah um are there other great companies yeah are there bigger companies yeah but I think we're the best at what we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when you when you focus on that, you could constantly improve and constantly get better. When you're focused on what everybody else is doing, 
you know, you don't have the energy at the end of the day to put yeah. into your own brand. You're it, worried, you're stressed, you're fucking, you know. Now, I do like to look at other co- companies. I like to look at other companies and say, okay, they're doing this well, they're doing this well, they're doing this well, they're doing this well, and pay them compliments and say, okay, mm-hmm. well, well, they do this really well. We could do that better. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I gauge myself against other companies, but I certainly don't obsess over it. Mm-hmm. Do you, you do just that? learn, yeah. Or maybe, you know, see something that's maybe you can utilize, you know, or yeah, and whatnot. Right, You're exactly. just looking at it and learning. So I know, think it's important to be aware, take, but yeah, just always be aware. Just be aware of the competitors, but don't fucking focus on them. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing that pe- there's enough room for everybody to make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. So, mm-hmm. um, dude, what do you. What do you think, like if you had a young person come to you right now who, mm-hmm. who says, Randall, I want to start an apparel business. I want to, I want to be like you. I want to do, mm-hmm. I want to do that. What would your advice to them be? I would, I mean, I would first ask them, what are you into? You know, see if they have a, a, a story they can tell if their life is interesting and what have they been through, you know, because I, I think now if you start an apparel company, you got to have a story. You got to have like a, a, a mission that, that backs it for real, a you thousand know, percent. yeah, because that's gonna, what's going to make it. People are more tied to emotions and more tied to a story now, you know, it's something right. real. So, I mean, if, if they the were going to, it's got to be good, yeah. but it's also got to stand for something. Yeah, exactly. So if the kid's too young and they hadn't experienced much, like, Hey man, go live life and then come back. Maybe you can start a, a apparel company later, but go, go live life, go fuck up, do what, what you do to have fun with your friends and, you know, learn some shit, learn some shit, yeah. you know, and then you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just build it around who they are. Build it around that. Build it around your, your fun times. Build it around, you know, I the don't things know. that mean something to you. Yeah. You know, like that's one thing that people, I think, with First Form, the reason we've been so successful is because people resonate with what we're about. Yeah. Like, dude, we're not about posting pictures of ourselves, you know, butt naked on the internet 50 times a day. Nobody gives a fuck. We're literally about helping people get results, Mm -hmm. helping take people like my mom, who's a hundred pounds overweight and helping her feel comfortable going to the gym, helping people who have no confidence, gain confidence through fitness. You know, all the good things that fitness teach, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, dedication, uh, discipline and, 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 and inclusion really like, dude, I feel like the fitness industry, uh, had got very exclusive for a while. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, dude, it was like if you didn't look already fit, you weren't cool enough to be in it. Right. You know what I mean? And dude, that's not what fitness is about, man. Fitness is about taking people that have struggles and making them feel comfortable. Because like a biggest problem with fitness is that like a lot of people don't feel comfortable even going to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't feel comfortable associating with the brand because they're fat. Mm-hmm. They're out of shape. They're unhealthy. And dude, I was that guy a fucking year ago. You know what I mean? So I know what that's like. Like, I didn't want to go to the gym when I was 350 fucking pounds. It's embarrassing. Imagine owning supplement companies and having to do that. And everybody knows you own them. Like, dude, it's embarrassing. You know? But the point is, is that, you know, I think building brands around cultures and meanings, I I don't think this, I know this, is going to be the defining factor between the mega, who becomes the mega brands and who becomes just another company. Right. You know what I mean? I think like even Nike and Under Armour, they don't really do a good job at at providing a mission. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And dude, there's going to be apparel brands, probably yours and other brands like yours, who are going to come through with a mission and they're going to take over that space. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, they're so big. They have so much cash. They have all right. that shit, yeah. you know, and 
you, you what you're doing is is the future of where these companies are going. Yeah, I actually got an email from one of the marketing directors of Nike from the West region. It was just a long message saying that he was inspired by what we were doing, what our media team was doing. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, because you're doing better. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's and that's awesome. another thing is like yeah. a lot of the smaller companies like mine and yours, mm-hmm. we're doing better fucking content than the big companies. Yeah. Now. Yeah. You know what I mean, dude? Yep. Shit is just changing. It's yeah. exciting, man. Yeah. Like you don't have to be like a, this massive company anymore to do. And when I say massive, I mean both of us have big companies, but mm-hmm. like we're we're big small companies. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like we're not fucking Nike, yeah. but you don't have to have a a fucking skyscraper full of a no. thousand people anymore to make an impact. Yep. You know? And dude, that's what people want, right? They want to be impacted. They want to be they want to be helped. They want to be um they want to be inspired, dude, and they want to feel included. And brands that don't do that anymore, they're they're going to lose traction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What are you going to wear? You're going to wear Live Fit because it means something to me, and I want to be a part of that crew. Or you're going to wear Nike, which is the same quality, but it doesn't stand for anything. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like the whole, the whole branding part. People are just going more towards something they can affiliate themselves with, you know? And I think our brands would do a good job with connecting with the customer face-to-face with, like, our phones, you know? Right, right. Like, Nike doesn't do that. No. You know, we, we, we're giving back, you know? Like, we're doing uh, free workout tips for for the people that right. to use, you know, just on their fingertips. Yeah. And we would go live and just talk to our, our customers and our fans, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's that. something that we can offer um, yeah. that are more uh, more than the big companies, Dude, you know? Dude, so. it's... it's, uh, it's it's being fluid, right? Like, mm-hmm. like these big companies, they have so much overhead. They have so much policy. They have so many things. They're rigid in, in their systems. They're rigid in their flexibility, where smaller brands like yours and mine, we can be fluid and we can adjust quickly to mm-hmm. what the customer wants, what they need, what they're asking for. And, you know, that gives us a big advantage is mm-hmm. being fluid, you know? Um, I've always enjoyed doing things better than the big companies, even if... We're not a big company. Like I take pride in it. No, you know? yeah, even if not sure. everybody knows that we do it better, mm-hmm. I like doing it better. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, before we close out, man, like, you know, uh, everybody kind of has like one one big thing. Like for me, my when I got stabbed and I almost died, like I was, that was a big turning point in my life. Like, I always like to hear, like, do you do you have any moments that would be like something that that impacted your life in a way massively in an instant any situations like that that you could talk about so be multiple i don't know yeah yeah mm. i mean i guess uh, on another note something that really really like made me say that i i made it was when i was able to retire my mom that was fucking yeah, cool. so she doesn't have to work. This was like two years ago. I told her, I was like, because she's been fucking working since, you know, so I was, wow. you know, I was like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to retire you. Yeah. And now she doesn't have to work, got her a car, got her a place to stay, so she's chilling. That's you know, awesome. Because she came from the war, from the uh, uh, the killing fields, the Kamai oh my uh, genocide. With Paul Pot? Paul Pot, yeah. She oh survived that. She survived that, you know, running through bombs and shit, carrying my aunts Holy and stuff. Fuck. Yeah, this wow. that's some other shit. Yeah, she's seen a lot of murders, a lot of... Yeah, so you, you know about the killing fields. Oh, yeah. There was more more people um, killed than the Jewish gen- genocide. Yeah. It's just not documented because a lot of history's been burned off and stuff. Yeah. Right. No way. So she fled right. from that country. Yeah, this is after the Vietnam War as well. So it's more yeah. recent. So it wasn't even that long ago. It wasn't. It was like in the late 70s, yeah. right? Yeah. So she Cambodia, fled. Cambodia. Right? Yeah, in Cambodia. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm Cambodian, yeah. Yeah. So she survived that and came here with fucking nothing. With two, uh, oh, and then 
you know, was with my dad, which was a arranged marriage. And then, uh, now obviously divorced and raised me with fucking nothing, low income, all that shit. So she worked her whole life up until, you know, two years ago. And I was like, Hey, Damn, fuck dude. it. You don't got to work anymore. Well, she must've done some, some shit, right? Yeah. Cause wow. dude, she raised some good son, man. That's fucking, yeah, that is awesome. That's, that's respect, dude. I like that a lot. Thanks. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, I like, didn't even know that. that like, that, like just to piggyback on what he was saying. Yeah. So the reason that we have numbers for the Holocaust is because Germans are weird. They want to keep records of everything. Mm-hmm. But the the complete purging that Paul Putt did of the like the whole population was they're they're, they're estimating like it's could be two or three times worse. Yeah. I think it was, like it was one third of the population. People that did not conform to it, right? Yeah. To his idea all of communism. Educated people were killed. All um, uh, instructors, teachers, doctors, they were all killed off. Yeah. They always, they wanted everyone to live poor and the same way, which my mom did live for three, uh, three years, same haircut, same yep. black clothes, same amount of food every single day in yep. the fucking farmland. You do labor and, and that's it. Did she, my grandma used to sneak fucking lizards and shit and fucking eat that because that's all the food you can right. eat. Holy all you can have. Fuck. Yeah, it's fucking nuts, dude. You right. know, Angelina Jolie now, um, she actually has Maddox, the, the kid she adopted from um, Cambodia. Now she's just put out this movie called First to Kill My Father, which kind of gives a, a, a an overview of what happened, you know? And I was actually invited to the premiere um, viewing at, at, with Angelina Jolie in Long Beach. That's There's awesome. a huge co- awesome, community yeah. over there in Long Beach yeah. of, of so, Cambodians. Dude, so, <laughs> t- that story yeah. just get first of all if you're making a fucking excuse about like if you're bitching about america and this and that fuck you man like dude that's what america's about like america's about giving people the opportunity to yeah it might not happen to every single person but your mom started a trickle down that happened to you and dude it's just amazing like mm-hmm. that's the fucking american dream yeah. like that's what it's about I love that, bro. Like, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah, That's amazing. She came here yeah. with nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. Dude, yeah. I'd like to meet your mom one day, man. Yeah. Definitely. That'd be cool. Crazy. <laughs> that is fucking cool. Several times speechless during this podcast. So there was wild, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so let people know where they can find you. Where can everybody find you on social? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, obviously, Randall underscore pitch. Yeah. And then I have my personal website, randall-pitch.com. And or look up liftitapparel.com, topthreadsinc.com, um, or just Google my name. Okay, <laughs> cool. Randall, people complain about this all the time, so I'm yep. just going to spell it out. R-A-N-D-A-L-L underscore P-I-C-H. Correct. Got it. Yep. Dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. If you guys, listen, you guys have to understand, this is someone who literally came from nothing. Like when I say I came from nothing, dude, we were like middle class, right? Like that's not nothing. This is somebody who's come from nothing and learned what he had to do to build something that was going to benefit himself. He's very, very successful and benefit his family. And you guys out there who are making fucking excuses about you don't have this advantage and you don't have that advantage and you don't have this, you don't have the money, you don't have a bank, you don't know about this. Listen to this podcast and listen to what this man says over and over again about taking control of what he's trying to do and learning as you go. Nobody is going to come teach you this shit. Nobody's going to come tell you it's okay or it's time or, or you're qualified. You got to make yourself qualified. And dude, thank you for being an example of that. And dude, I, I got so much respect for you. I wish you the best success, man. Just thank you for coming on the show. It means a lot. I appreciate it, man. It was an honor. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely, man. Guys, follow Randall, 
follow his brand, check him out, case study him. This is a real entrepreneur. This is somebody who's doing it. This is somebody who was where you are not that long ago and is where you want to be now. So guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.